I finished the cup, spilling only a little on my chin, and then murmured, The hell there isn't. I'm starving. What else is there? Tell you what, she said. Before you do that, let's shoot for another first. Huh? I said. Can you tell me your name? What? You don't know? Sarissa smiled again. Do you? Harry Dresden, I said. Her eyes sparkled, and it made me feel good all the way to my toes. More so when she produced a plate that was piled with chicken and mashed potatoes and some other vegetables that I had little use for, but which were probably good for me. I thought I was going to start drooling onto the floor that food looked so good. What do you do, Harry? Professional wizard, I said. I'm a P.I. in Chicago. I frowned, suddenly remembering something else. Oh, and I'm the winter night, I guess. She stared at me like a statue for several seconds, absolutely nothing on her face. Um, I said, food? She shivered and looked away from me. Then she took a quick breath and picked up an odd little fork, the kind they give to kids with motor control issues. It had lots of rounded edges and pressed it into my hand. If you're willing to go for three, we'll have had a really good day. The fork felt weird and heavy in my fingers. I remembered using forks. I remembered how they felt, the slender weight of them, the precision with which I could get food from the plate to my mouth. This fork felt heavy and clumsy. I fumbled with it for a few seconds, and then managed on the second try to thrust it into the mashed potatoes. Then it was another chore to get the stupid thing to my mouth. The potatoes were perfect, just warm enough, barely salted, with a faint hint of rich butter. Oh, my God, I muttered around the mouthful. Then I went for more. The second forkful was easier, and the third easier than that, and before I knew it, the plate was empty, and I was scraping the last of the remains into my mouth. I felt exhausted and stuffed, though it hadn't been all that much food. Sarissa was watching me with a pleased smile. Got it all over my face, don't I? I asked her. It means you enjoyed the food, she said. She lifted a napkin to my face and wiped at it. It's nice to know your name, finally, Harry. There was the sound of light, steady footsteps coming closer. Sarissa rose immediately, turned, and then knelt gracefully on the floor with her head bowed. Well, said a woman's velvet voice. My whole body shuddered in response to that voice, like a guitar's string quivering when the proper note is played near it. He's lucid, your majesty, and remembered my name and his. He fed himself. Excellent, said the voice. You are dismissed for today. Thank you, your majesty, said Sarissa, She rose, glanced at me, and said, I'm glad to see you feeling better, Sir Knight. I tried to come up with something charming or witty and said, Call me. She huffed out a surprised little breath that might have been the beginning of a laugh, but shot a fearful glance the other way and then retreated. The sound of her sneakers scuffing on the hard floor faded into the distance outside the curtained bed. A shadow moved across the curtains at the end of the bed, I knew whose it was. You have passed your nadir, she said in a decidedly pleased tone. 
You are waxing rather than waning, my knight. I suddenly had difficulty thinking clearly enough to speak, but I managed. Well, you know, wax on, wax off. She didn't open the curtain around the bed as much as she simply glided through, letting the sheer cloth press against her, outlining her form. She exhaled slowly as she reached my side, looking down at me, her eyes flickering through shades of green in dizzying cycles. Mab, the queen of air and darkness, was too terrifying to be beautiful, though every cell in my body suddenly surged with mindless desire, and my eyes blurred with tears to see her beauty, I did not want to come an inch closer. She was a tall woman, well over six feet, and every inch was radiance. Pale skin, soft lips, the color of frozen rabbit.